2: in this country without regard to party politics and now here's michael cargill
4: good day austin texas the live music capital of the world let's praise the lord and pass the ammunition all right so today i want to talk about quite a few things i want to get into um man alec baldwin you know is it who in the world handed this man a gun with a live round in it and and you know what when it comes to gun safety, that that definitely lies with the person who has their hand on the gun. Even though they definitely should fire their you know, their armorer, uh the person that actually uh resp- <laughs> obviously made a serious mistake and there's some inside stuff we have going on about this. Uh check this out. So, I got an inside scoop there about a little bit of what happened and it looks like uh uh, the freelance armor that they used uh, went to the gun range the night before and used, li- yeah, used that firearm to practice with to shoot and left live rounds in the gun when he came back to work. Uh, it, apparently, uh, the first assistant director uh, checked the firearm, checked the rounds and thought it was OK and handed it to Alec Baldwin. Uh, the police found live rounds in the box of blanks. Big boo boo. Uh, there was a crew. That had left the set because of safety issues as well as losing their hotel rooms. And they replaced the props department who had the prop guns with that cheaper group of people. I guess they sold to the, uh, to the, the lowest bidder there. So basically all your union people, you know, your union people walked out and left because of safety concerns. Looks like they were right. Uh, but in, in the end. In the end, when it comes to gun safety, we've always said this, you know, it's up to you. You put your hands on the gun, it, it, the buck stops right there. It stops right there. So I'm curious if there are going to be any criminal charges. Um, you know, I'm sure there's going to be some civil action going on there. Uh, but someone died. And the thing about, you know, the person that died is that was a support person, that wasn't an actor. So who in the world are you pointing the gun at? <laughs> so there's a lot going on there. Uh but we're going to talk about that a little bit more and also want to talk uh, want to have a uh, state representative um White, James White on the show today to talk about a couple things. Um want to talk about uh there's a, a AG opinion uh he requested a couple of them actually. And it's not uncommon for, you know, elected officials uh, who are chair of committees, he's you know, chair of a committee to request an AG opinion on things. Uh, you know, also has constituents as well who ask questions and have concerns. Uh, so, quite, a, you know, he's, you know, he's requested AG opinions, you know, all the time. And there's one, you know, there's two of them. And the one I want to talk about is uh, whether a peace officer has a duty to inter- intervene to prevent another peace officer from violating the rights of a citizen. I'm going to talk about that AG opinion uh, that he requested. And then, did anything happen in the state legislature? To address this and also what did AG actually have to say so I want to talk about that and then also we want to discuss uh there's a, a another opinion that he requested and that is you know as remember the case of uh, uh the Supreme Court ruled uh, that the LGBTq uh, same-sex you know can marry uh, he requested an opinion about that as far as in the concept of how how does this relate to a a private entity, a private person, or private citizen—you know—we we know how that case relates to when it comes to same-sex marriage, having to acknowledge that from a the standpoint of a biz, of a uh, elected official. But what about a private business? Can a private business, you know, discriminate or you know not do business with someone because they're same-sex? Gonna talk about that. Got a lot to talk about, Zach.
0: How's your day? It was great. <laughs> <laughs> Happy to be here.
4: That's right, and, and that's a lot. Alec bowen You know what do you think? Oh, what an idiot! You think? Yeah, and that's what I said. you were like, How why is he an idiot? Well, and let me explain something to you. You know, we get, you know, we because deal- he
0: wasn't taught respect for firearms.
4: Well, he's anti-gun for one, and that you know, and if you're anti-gun, you shouldn't. You know, you shouldn't promote a movie that you know promotes fire, firearms. For yeah, one.
0: anti-gun people typically do not have a lot of respect for
4: firearms. No, not at all. And we're going to show you later on in the hour. We're going to show you how Will Smith does with deals with gun safety. You know the the right way. You know you need to check your firearm. You know you know what what if you know a gun gets shipped into me, uh, which has happened before, with a live round in the chamber, which has happened before, and I don't check that firearm, and a customer comes in to look at their gun, and you know. It, it, it goes off because they pulled the trigger how is that going to look on me and definitely is going to look bad on the person that pulled the trigger cuz they didn't check it but it's definitely going to look bad on me the FFL dealer if I don't check that firearm so you know you, you got to you know when it comes to guns this is not a joke here uh you you got to get some training you need if you don't know you need to you need to know you need to learn uh, so we'll get back into that but I want to get into a little bit when we come back from the break here I do want to get into uh you know, the two AG opinions We're going to talk about same sex marriage a little bit. We're going to talk about, uh, you know, what about law enforcement? When one police officer sees another police officer doing something, do they have a, a duty to intervene? We're going to talk about what the law was or what the opinion of the AG was before this session. We're going to talk about what came after this session, because uh, you need to know, you know, you're, if you get stopped by law enforcement and a police officers doing something wrong, There's another police officer that arrives on the scene, notices it. Does he have a duty to intervene and say, hey, hold on? You know, that's not right. This is how it should be done. And then exact to what extent does that mean? What does he have to do or she have to do in, you know, in that intervention? Let's talk about that. This is Michael Cargill, and you are listening to Come and Talk It.
5: Hi, this is Stephen Willifer, the Barefoot Defender. I get my global gun
2: news from Michael Cargill and come and talk to you. welcome back to come and talk it and now here's michael cargill
4: all right gallant baldwin gun safety where does gun safety lie when it comes to a movie set is it the armor's responsibility yes is it the assistant the uh, assistant director's responsibility who hands the the firearm to the uh, to the actor yes is it the actor's responsibility yes all of the above in the end it's everyone's responsibility when it comes to firearm safety you know, but take a look at this video here from Will Smith.
2: Bumping it up a level to some of the cooler,
6: more up up to date stuff. It's not more extravagant than the second
3: one.
4: <laughs> Terrible gun safety. That's right. When it comes to gunsmith safety, it's everyone's responsibility. Uh, but let's change gears a little bit. I want to talk about the legislature. I want to talk about, uh, you know, what's going on at the Capitol. Talk about what happened last year and and also this session. So I have a uh, state representative, James White. Welcome to come and talk it, sir.
5: Hey, thanks a lot for having me on, Mike. Uh, I think it's, this is my first time. I'm so honored to uh, to to accept this invitation and proud to represent. Our fellow Texans in Pope, Tyler, Jasper, Newton, and Harton counties. Absolutely,
4: sir. Right, so let's get right into this. Uh, so you you requested an AG's opinion uh, whether a peace officer has a duty to intervene to prevent another peace officer from violating the rights of a citizen. Uh, so give us your take on you know why did you request a, this opinion and what the AG actually said, and then what came out of the uh, legislature.
5: Well, thank you so much for that question. You know, last year uh, in many parts of our country, maybe even in in our state, there was an inflection point on a lot of issues dealing with our local law enforcement, how they engage uh, with their fellow citizens in the course of doing their work. And one question that kept coming up was uh, to what extent do officers have a duty to intervene? For example, when they see other officers – probably violating someone's constitutional rights. And even when do officers have a duty to render aid when a subject um, is is hurt or, or, or hurting physically? So um, I thought I would just send this over to the attorney general's office. Uh, let me just back up. Many of our local law enforcement agencies around the state already had policies dealing with those two aspects, but when we asked the attorney general uh, statutorily or even constitutionally what uh, was required, um, it didn't come out very, um, how should I say, Um, didn't come out very clear um, that there was not an expressed uh, requirement for uh, Texas peace officers to render aid and to intervene when someone's constitutional rights were being violated. So, look, Last uh, this past session, uh, it's, it's been a lot of sessions, right, this year, but in the regular <laughs> session, uh, <laughs> I chair at the House Committee on Homeland Security and Public Safety. This is one of the issues that we dealt with, and in statute now we have expressed statutory guidance to Texas peace officers to render aid uh, to subjects uh, and to also... Uh, they have a a duty to intervene uh when they believe a subject's rights are being violated
4: okay and then how far does that go when when it comes to that duty to intervene uh, does that mean they step in right there necessarily or
5: well well understanding that um you, you, and, and 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 you know as well as i know you you teach law enforcement i'm mean, excuse me you probably do teach law enforcement folks and stuff but you know dealing with firearms you know there're just so many permutations so uh we think we had uh a, we have a statute, and let me say we work with our law enforcement around the state in crafting this this like this 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 language that provides them the the guidance to at least report um, you know when when they notice um, you know a a person's rights being violated by other officers. To the extent that they can't physically get, the, get in the middle of it and stop it. Okay. Because you don't know what the, what the situation is, uh, on any particular scene, right? So at the minimum, they will have a duty to, uh, report, uh, that those unconstitutional actions as it relates to the duty to render aid, the same thing. You know, if the officer is hurt, okay, that may impair the officer in rendering aid to a subject. If um, if there's another officer hurt and that officer's uh, injuries are more dire than the subject, the officer has discretion to first provide uh, aid to that law enforcement officer. So in general, I want to say I think we have two statutes that deal with these two aspects in a very practical way.
4: All right. And then the next uh, opinion I want to bring up, because I got tagged into this this week and people are all in Uh an an Uh uproar. And that is okay. uh, the whether over overfall and versus Hodges, a Supreme Court case that requires privacy. Does it require private citizens to recognize homosexual marriages when the when the law of Texas continues to define marriage exclusively as the union of one man and one woman? And so yeah. I, what I think you're asking is you're basically saying, hey, when it comes to the Supreme Court case, uh, because there's Texas law on the books right now, but when it comes to supreme Still on the books when it comes to Supreme Court case, what about a private citizen we know as a government entity as a elected official uh that case says you know as an elected official it says one thing but as a private citizen as a private business you know can I discriminate you know against same-sex marriages
5: and and I would say may and and I would even say there's probably a difference between a private citizen and maybe a private business. If you think about other civil rights um, legislation or or actions, you know, in some instances, the statute preceded any type of court ruling. So if you look at the Civil Rights Act of 1964, you know, prohibition on discrimination based on race, you know, sex, uh, you know, you know.
2: You know, religion;
5: those things are in statute, right? Right, um, uh, Mike. And then there have been uh, court interpretations that come after. In this situation here, especially as it deals with with Texas, there's really what we really have is a court case, a court ruling from the Supreme Court. Okay, and really, we haven't had anything to follow that. Uh, statutorily on the state le- level. So I understand uh, these things and, and, and the emotions behind them, but I have to remind folks that I have constituents just like everybody else does, and and we got to ask the hard questions. You know, if you remember last year, there was a lot of uproar on the response I got back from the attorney general on duty to render aid and duty to intervene, and everybody thought I actually had put the state or – in a position of giving law enforcement officers sort of like the freedom to not intervene and not to render aid. But look at what happened after that. We were able to sit down and craft legislation to tie that loose end up. So if I could, Mike, if we could just go through the – the, the, the opinion is that okay with you yeah oh yeah absolutely sir yes sir okay so I don't know if everybody has it in front of them I, I don't know I think I've sent you a copy of it or you have one
4: mm-hmm.
5: this is a fact and I kind of and which one, which, like I'm one okay.
4: which one are we talking about
5: uh the um uh the, the one that you the, the last one we just brought up here about marriage
4: okay about marriage okay
5: yeah mm-hmm. right and I almost feel like I'm back in the classroom doing fact versus opinion, and I'm okay with that. But <laughs> it just sort of starts off with the constitutional laws of Texas continue to define marriage as a union of one man and one woman. That is a fact. Okay, that's a fact. All right. Um, and uh, Bennett talks about the family code also uh, identifying uh, marriage as one man, one woman. That's a fact. And then when you go to the second paragraph, it talks about uh, in response to Obergefell v. Hodges, okay, that the Supreme Court has ruled that, um, you know, you cannot favor one marital construct over the other. You know, they're they're all equal now. They all deserve the protection under the Constitution, and that includes – uh, so-called, you know, same-sex marriage, okay?
4: And and, and, we're, and, we're, and let's go back a little bit. So what we're talking about okay. in that first paragraph, you know, we're talking about what the Texas Constitution actually says, what the law says. Yeah. The Constitution yeah. and laws of Texas continue to define marriage as the union of one man and one woman. And, you know, see Texas Constitutional Article 132, a marriage in this state shall consist only of the union of, you know, and it, it goes into it, uh, you know, one man and one woman is what you're talking. Yes.
5: About. Okay. Yes. Yes. So, obviously, the Supreme Court in Obergefell uh, struck down uh well, let me let me back up. It'll it opined, it ruled that the state of Texas cannot uh the state of Texas, okay, cannot um favor uh heterosexual marriage and not Give credence to same-sex marriage. Okay, so in this in this second paragraph, it goes into other rulings. Okay, where um, the Supreme Court or federal court enjoins, and that's really what happened at the Obergefell was ruled. It enjoined or or told state officials, governing officials, you know, you can't favor one marital construct over the other. And there are some other um uh court opinions that says that when that happens, uh the federal court doesn't necessarily erase anything out of the state statute books when that happens. And hold and In hold that fact, thought.
4: And I'm gonna let you I'm gonna let you okay. finish that when we come back from the break. And I also want to ask you about the uh gun safety, you know, as, as it pertains to like, you know, movies, sets and things of that nature and what your thoughts is on that. This is Michael Cargill and you are listening to Come and Talk It.
6: Folks, this is Doug
5: Jones, (laughs) And I get my gun news from Michael Cargill at Come and Talk It.
1: Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you.
3: Houston's Talk 1370.
2: Welcome back to Come and Talk It, and now here's Michael Cargill. All
4: right, we're talking with State Representative James White and his opinion uh, to the Attorney General's Office of Texas uh, whether Oberfall and uh, versus Hodges requires private citizens. To recognize homosexual marriages when the law of Texas continues to define marriage exclusively as the union of one man and one woman, uh, State Rep. White, and you're also the chair of like two committees, right?
5: Well, I'm chairing one committee. The chair uh, chair of the committee on Homeland Security and Public Safety.
4: Okay, and I thought a uh, districting uh, that was in there somewhere.
5: Well, I'm, uh, I do serve on the committee. Okay, gotcha. But I'm not the chair. All right. Yes.
4: All right, and then you were you're saying about you know this. This opinion, this yes.
5: request, yes. yes. So, so, and and look, this request, and it's a request. This request for opinion doesn't attempt to challenge Olberfeld. It's not to ask the attorney general, and nor could the attorney general even do that. Okay, it's not asking for an overturning or uh, or a rebo of of it's okay? just it's just
4: an opinion. A, a opinion of you know how should we look right. at
5: this? Yeah, from the aspect of. Private citizens, because you know, in in my request here, it says federal judicial power extends only to the resolution of cases and controversies between litigants. Olga v. Hodges wasn't between, you know, necessarily. It wasn't. It wasn't between other private citizens. It was between the government and 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 the and the citizens that wanted to enjoy the pleasures of, of being married, even if it was same sex, okay? So that is settled law. Okay. Regardless if you agree with it or you disagree with it, it is settled law.
4: All right. So, so if understand- I so if I have a, a homeowner association, you know, and I say, you know what, I think I want to kick out, you know, all the gays from the, the homeowners association, because they're a private entity, right?
5: I don't know. This is why we asked the question. Right. Um, And 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 let me just get a little deep here. Sure. I I mean, uh, I have staff and and employees, you know, legislative staff. Obviously, I have employees uh, in business. Um, I I just wonder how people just get into some of these issues. Right. You know what I'm saying? I, I mean, they're so private, you know, and usually, you know, if you're hiring someone in your business, Mike, you're hiring him for a, you know, to achieve some type of competent act, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, and as as long as they get probably got a clear or appropriate criminal history, you're okay.
4: That's right.
5: Okay, so to just to wrap this part up, it, it just asks the attorney general to 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 legally opine: Does Obergefell require private citizens? I'm not really sure. A homeowners association because you bring up some good points Mike on that because this this year uh, we actually passed legislation to strike a lot of ethnic and racially discriminatory language out of you know these homeowner deeds throughout state okay so it will give these Homeowner associations an opportunity to go in and, and, and get those deeds right by getting them, by getting that awful, odious language out of their homeowner deeds that were we'll probably put in back in the 30s and the 40s and the 50s, you know? Right. Okay? Right. So I'm not really sure on private citizens. Okay? Mm-hmm. And look, it'll be six months. Uh, the AG has reached out to Equality Texas as well to weigh in on this. Okay, and um, again, I, I'm I'm open-minded on this. Uh, no one should be discriminated for something that definitely doesn't have anything to do uh, with their job or or with the actual selling or using some type of service. Okay, but um, as it relates to private citizens uh, and and understanding the limits of federal rulings. Okay. I think this is a good question, and I won't be in the legislature next next session, but if there are some things that need to be corrected, hopefully there will be members with the uh, thoughtfulness and the courage to get it done, just like I had to get it done with duty to render aid and um, um, duty to intervene. Okay.
4: And that, now let's change gears a little bit. Let's talk about gun safety. Uh, I want to talk about you know what what's your thoughts on you know this Alec Baldwin this movie uh, yeah. set incident, well, and then also you well, know it's gun safety in you know when should we start you know teaching gun safety?
5: Okay. Well, let me let me give you let me give you some background. I know why I, I kind of know why you're asking me this. Uh, this session, the Homeland Security Public Safety Committee, uh, for several hours, maybe like for about six or eight hours, we heard. Legislation that eventually led to the um, constitutional carry being law here in Texas. And we passed several other pieces of, I thought, very thoughtful, great um, firearms legislation that, you know, put this back into the hands of lawful citizens. But let me just first say that I I think there was a young person that was a a fatality due to this incident on the set. Uh, that dealt with Alec Baldwin, and anytime there's a loss of life, um, you know we should take a pause mm. on that, hopefully we 're praying for the strength and the courage of the family as they 're going through this bereavement area uh, period, excuse me but um, let me just give you some personal history, and this is why some of the issues that i 've dealt with as far as it, it, it involves firearms rights, Mike is very interesting to me. Because when I was a high school student in the late 70s, early 80s, in the middle of Houston, Texas, that's urban, right? I went to a high school, Lamar Senior High School, that had an Army ROTC program. I was in that program, okay? And in that program, we had a rifle team. I was on the rifle team. Uh, we fired twenty two caliber rifles, okay It was real rifles with real rounds, and we had a firing range on campus and One of the um requirements when you you know when you first got into army r o t c at high school as a freshman, you had to take a farm safety hunting safety course, so I think we should um start teaching firearm safety uh, very early and in, in, in childhood. Okay. Right. This is a constitutional right. Just like we talk about the First Amendment in school, we talk about all these other rights, we should be teaching about firearm safety. So I think it should start as early as appropriate,
4: and, and you're you're right age because you look, you look at is there an age limit when it comes to the first amendment? Is there an age limit when it comes no. to the second, the third, no. you know, the fourth, no. the fifth? You know, no. is, no. you know, so yes. why you know why and, do we put and, an age limit on the second? You know,
5: and 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 the, and the deal is, it, it just tickles me, but at the same time, it's very sad because, you know, we had firearms on campus. Okay. We were not shooting at each other. We did not run out the, 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 the firing range with the weapons and go into the main building shooting at everybody. We had a real respect for firearms. Okay. We we gained a respect for our firearms. We we gained a love for the sport of shooting and cleaning our weapons, but at the same time we had respect for firearms. From what to the to, to what they can do, okay, so um I just take it back. you know, I think it was my second session in the legislature. I filed a piece of legislation, kind of like what with, with this the, the controversy with this request for an opinion, um, that said, hey, look, let's give it to the school districts, and if they want to teach a firearm safety course as a um, elective, they should be able to do it. And you would have thought that um, I wanted to teach uh, some type of foreign religion or something, <laughs> okay? And, right. and I'm like, hey, I did this when I was in high school, right? And I think I'm better for it.
4: I, 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 absolutely, you know. Just like uh, you know, I think a lot of people should serve in the military. I think you know, uh, you know, before they go to college, I, I think you know, yes, absolutely, fire yeah.
5: firearms. Well, you know, you need well, to be taught that well, at a very young age. Yeah, and you know about being in the military, um, you know, uh, and, and, and look, it's not a big deal, but, you know, a lot of our folks talk about gun rights, okay? And you know what the drill sergeant will tell you about what's a gun, okay, <laughs> and what it's used for. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, which is which. And what's a, yeah, and what's a rifle and what that's used for. So you didn't refer to um, your um your, your weapons in the military, except a machine gun, you referred to that as a gun. But you referred uh, at that time to your M sixteen A two. You referred to that as a rifle. That's right. Okay. I, but all of that was about getting a re a a establishing respect. Mm-hmm. Okay. So and let's actually could say this. This is why I believe, and, and we got a great country, got a great state, we've got vocal, thoughtful citizens on both sides of this issue as it relates to firearms rights. This is why we should always be a little hesitant about saying, passing this law, you're going to allow this to happen. Uh, Because I think, I think, actor, and and I like looking at some of his movies, I think he is one that is very, very, very strong on restricting firearm rights.
4: Oh yeah, he is.
5: Okay, so, so look, It's a First Amendment. I'm glad he's exercising his First Amendment. I've served in the military. I would go back if asked to protect his constitutional rights. But that's why I would tell folks, let's let's be thoughtful when we're talking about this. Let's not be demeaning and um, demonizing because we're finding out that um, firearm accidents, firearm fatalities can come in many ways. That's right, yeah. And,
4: and 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 you know and you know you, you say don't be mean you know but I can't help it you know it's in my nature <laughs> because you know we should, we new. we should you know we should you know respond to Alec and we should you know give him his you know his wishes and grant his wishes and reach out to that yeah. DA and say you know what DA we should go ahead and charge him and convict him with a felony so he can never be in possession of a firearm <laughs> ever again and he'll have to worry about you know gun safety and stuff like that
5: you right, know? <laughs> right but but we but we but what we would hope. And, and you know this gets into some of the other issues that we talked about. You know, there, there are thoughtful people that say, James, um, any time a, a a firearm comes up missing, you sh- it should be a, a statutory requirement for the farm owner to notify police. And if not, if if someone uses that stolen or lost farm in the commission of a um, of a, you know unlawful firing, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, you should be held at a at a at a felony, at least at a felony level, uh, I mean, what, uh, statutory responsibility. I don't know about and that because okay.
4: yeah, because what if you know uh, you didn't know it was if taken, and what about what well, about a vehicle? Cars get stolen all the time, you know, and yeah. and crimes are committed you know, with those vehicles. Like just this week, someone stole a vehicle and tried to and broke into a gun store.
5: Right, and and maybe you didn't you didn't have time to report. Right. Maybe you didn't know it was stolen. I mean think about friends you and i have that have dozens of weapons okay i have friends that have dozens of weapons and someone comes in steals one of them it's one out of 50 yes i have friends that have 50 weapons it's one out of 50 you may not notice it okay if, if some if some law is in place until the you know the law enforcement knocks on your door and says did you know you had a weapon missing right. do you know that weapon was used in a commission of a of a of a crime we're taking you in as well i mean so i just think a lot of times we just need to be thoughtful with these laws and and sometimes this is why I, i file these these requests for opinions and i think when you really know where we are statutorily we can make the right reforms that we need to make sure we have a great state
4: and i tell you what i appreciate you state representative james white we we all appreciate you um, and, and you're running for office, you're running for another office, Statewide. a different office, Statewide, Statewide. Yes. not Statewide just state office. rep, but you're running for a different office now.
5: Yes. And yes. real, and yes. real We're quick, running. can you tell
4: me what that office yes. is?
5: Yes. It's the, uh, uh, commissioner, Texas commissioner of agriculture, uh, it's a six, $700 million agency per year. Uh, most of the funding for that department actually comes from your federal tax dollars coming back to Texas. For free and reduced lunch programs and other nutrition programs in the state. But another big part of the Texas Department of Agriculture is to be the promotion, the promoter of Texas agriculture, our producers and our consumers.
4: All right. Well, thank you. Thank you once again, State Rep White, for coming on the show and telling us about these two opinions. Uh, and mm-hmm. I hope you have a wonderful rest of your weekend.
5: All right. Thank you so much. God bless.
4: Yes, sir. All right, so that's State Rep. Right. We'll be right back after this. This is Michael Cargill, and you are listening to Come and Talk It.
5: Peace. This is Maj Ture. You're listening to Come and Talk It Radio with Michael
0: Cargill.
3: Austin's Talk 1370.
2: Welcome back to Come and Talk It. And now here's Michael Cargill. All
4: right, so let's travel. We're going to travel to California uh, for the rest of the show rest of the show here we're going to talk about uh california what's going on in that state we're going to talk about uh the the governor's race and also want to get into some other things before we go to california there's one thing i want to talk about here in texas caldwell county caldwell county that's right um want to talk about uh, martindale texas so this young man was driving along in martindale texas on his way back to austin Apparently and pulled into a driveway. Uh, they suspect he was kinda lost, kinda get his GPS, you know, and he got off track there trying to figure out where he was going. And it happened to be about 342 AM in the morning, uh 330 in the morning there. And so he pulled into a driveway, stops he's looking at his GPS, trying to figure out, you know, try to get back. And the homeowner sees him, you know, goes outside. And, and this is why it's important to take a handgun license course. You get all these people that say, you know, yes, constitutional carry has passed. Absolutely. And and you should be able to. I think everyone should be able to have a firearm. Yeah, We shouldn't have any restrictions. I even think I'll go a step further and I'll say, you know, after a certain time frame, even convicted felons should get their firearms rights back. You know, so I'll even go that step further, you know, it's, but. You know, but you still need to take a class. You need to learn safety. You need to learn what the laws are in the state, city, county where you live in so that way you don't get in trouble. Learn use of force and daily force. Learn conflict resolution. You know, when can you legally shoot someone? Even though the Texas Constitutional Carry has passed, you know, but when can you legally pull that gun out and shoot someone? That's really important. You know, what is the difference between the staying your ground law and, you know, (laughs) and, and, and the, Texas Castle Doctrine. You know, a lot of people get that confused. And all the news stories that I'm reading on this, they're getting that confused. They're confused between the Stand Your Ground law and the Castle Doctrine. Those are two different things. Uh, So you need to go to class. Take a class from someone and learn what those things are. Learn when you can legally pull that gun out and show it. When can you threaten someone with a firearm? You know, when can you shoot someone? That's all. All that stuff is really important. Uh, 'Cause once again this week, you know, here the number number two reasons why people had to take a class on us this week is one, they took a firearm to the airport, the Austin Burstam airport. Uh two is because um, someone, you know they they didn't know what the law was as it pertains to when you can, you know, like an like an AR pistol, Zach. AR pistol. Yeah. You know, person thought that they can actually, you know, open carry an AR pistol and and go into um you know, like Walmart with the pistol and just have it in their hand, like in port ready, no sling, no, nothing like that. That's considered, that's considered a handgun.
0: Yeah, that's so, a pistol.
4: That's right. So got, you have to follow the handgun law. So that means that if you're going to carry it in the open, it has to be a holster, you know, or you no know, sling or something like that because that's a pistol. So, you know, because of that, they wind up, you know, getting charged with a crime and having to take a, a, a firearm safety course to, you know, do pretrial, you know, diversion. All right, so this guy goes outside, sees someone in his driveway, and, you know, he thought he saw a gun. Turns out this guy had his cell phone in his hand, you know, trying to, you know, get his, get his bearings about him. And he pulled the trigger and shot this guy with his – the guy's windows were up. He shot through the window, shot this guy, killed this guy, grabbed the phone, dialed 911, said, I just, I just killed someone. You know, what do you say to 911? You know, I I don't think I want to admit I just killed someone because now I'm the suspect immediately. That's saying that I think I did something wrong by, you know, you know, someone, you know, was on my property. Someone tried to kill me. So I had to defend myself. Maybe you want to say that, you know, certain things you want to say, certain things you want to, you, you know, you don't want to do. So all that stuff we talk about in the class, you know, come to class, learn this stuff, you know, so that you don't wind up, you know, on the news with your mugshot you know, with that look on your face, you have that question mark above your head, you know, but, you know, so let's, let's travel to California. Let's go to California. We're going to go past New Mexico, you know, past Alec Baldwin, wave at him, you know, as he's, you know, crying, you know, in the brush. And then we're going to go to Arizona. And, <laughs> and let's, uh, let's, let's get into California here. All right. So, Major, we, uh, we have a, uh, and I like this name, Major Williams. I like that name. Major Williams. Uh, he's a former candidate for the governor of California. Uh, we're going to talk about California politics and gun laws. I want to talk about recalling Gavin Newsom. Uh, I want to talk about you know his lawsuit with Brandon Tatum's wife. Want to break all that stuff down. So welcome to come and talk. And Major Williams, how you doing, sir?
6: I'm doing fantastic, man. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate it.
4: Absolutely. So tell us a little bit about yourself. You know what's going on with California politics and all that good kind of stuff.
6: Well, it's a laundry list of issues that are happening here in California. As many know, it's you know wildly publicized. Uh, me, myself, former, former gubernatorial candidate, I ran an amazing campaign for the last 16 to 17 months, uh, relatively unknown, uh, quickly became the most unknown, known candidate uh, in California's most recent history uh, just by simply, you know, connecting with the people. Oftentimes I would go to, to towns and people would try to touch me to see if I was real as a candidate because they're not to candidates actually putting in the work and coming out there and having those real meaningful conversations. And I was, uh, I was able to do that because I thought, in my naivete that this is what candidates do. Apparently not. Uh, But because I did do that, especially during the pandemic and during shutdowns, it meant that much more to voters. And I was able to gain so much wealth of knowledge and also experience over this last 16 months champion to be the next governor of California. didn't happen. uh, But we're still fighting, um, and we're still trying to see what the future looks like and holds for us next.
4: All right. And then, uh, man, you know, California and guns, boy. I just, I just don't go. You know, I do a hard stop in Phoenix, Arizona. There, and I tell everyone to come visit me over in Phoenix. I just can't cross that border, you know, because I, you know, they pull me over. I got a Texas license plate. They know I got a fire my vehicle. <laughs> so absolutely,
6: well, we have, we have some of the strictest gun laws um, in the entire country here in California, and I think it's um, it's one of those situations where it's been politicized, and it's also been. Um, a big, huge media push as far as misinformation. Uh, a lot of people who really care about the Second Amendment and you know their guns, whatnot. It's not to become a part of the Wild Wild West and having shootouts. It's it's foundationally about the protection of yourself, your family, and your property. And a lot of that gets lost in the politicizing of uh, you know a lot of Democrat policies that exist here in the state.
4: Yeah, and you, and you get you know people like Alec Baldwin who are you know anti-gun who you know talk against firearms and then do movies, you know, that promote firearms. I just don't get that, you know, to be anti-gun and then do a movie that promotes firearms. And and then something like this happens. It's just crazy to
6: me. Well, it's the land of hypocrisy in politics and also in Hollywood. And we continue to deal with that on not only just a statewide level, on the national level as well. And this is kind of like just playing out in front of all of us to hopefully see and learn from and be reactionary from uh, what we see from these individuals and just say, hey, uh, we're going to fight for what we want, which is what we're doing with the office of Major Williams, um, you know, because the Second Amendment is, you know, our Second Amendment. So we're going to fight for
4: that. Right. And, and and like I was saying to my previous guests, you know, at you know, is there an age limit when it comes to our constitutional rights? You know, when it comes to the First Amendment, is there an age limit? When is the, the Third Amendment? Is there an age limit? The Fourth, is there an age limit when it comes to that? You know, why are we putting an age limit on the Second Amendment? I just don't get that. I don't understand.
6: Well, in all things, especially when it comes to government, one thing that we have, uh, you know, if we didn't know, we know now. It's really about control and also power. You know, there's always have to be those gatekeepers that are going to ring us back in, wr- wrangle us back in, so to speak. Uh, I and mean, that's what it comes down to. You know, uh, they're only going to give us so much control uh, when it comes to gun laws here in California, simply because it's misguided, like so many other laws and regulations that they have as well. Too, we know it's a bunch of nonsense. Uh, but a lot of parents gun owners and just regular Californians are beginning to wake up and uh, stand up and fight back against some of these uh, stringent uh, regulations and restrictions here in our state. All
4: right. We're talking with Major Williams, former candidate for governor of California, talking about Gavin Newsom. We're going to talk about his lawsuit with Brandon Tatum's wife. This is Michael Cargill, and you are listening to Come and Talk It.
5: This is Col Noir,
6: and you're listening to Come and Talk It with Michael Cargill.
2: Welcome back to Come and Talk It. And now, here's Michael Cargill.
4: Man, Zach, did you know over in Florida, over in Florida, a Florida man is accused of killing his neighbor in a
0: dispute over a cat? Meow. Ooh, a cat. <laughs> over a cat. The neighbor didn't have nine lives. No. Whoa,
4: well, the neighbor survived. Uh, so Meow. <laughs> <laughs> Clifford Anthony Bliss was 58. Uh, he's 58. Uh, Became angry when the cat went into his yard Wednesday. And he went into his neighbor's home in Umatilla uh, and threatened to shoot, the cat official said. James Arlen Taylor, Jr. 41, asked him, no, don't shoot my cat. And according to deputies, that's when Bliss shot Taylor, they said. (laughs) Man, if you know what I know, you would not mess with cat people, let me tell you. (laughs) Have you seen that that, uh, documentary? Yeah, of course. Don't mess with the cat, people.
0: <laughs> That's an intense one. That is really intense. Oh, I'm
4: telling you now, they'll hunt you down, boy. I'm telling you, they'll get you while you're in prison.
0: Well, see, I didn't shoot the cat. He shot the owner, so he's, you know, like, ah! a little better off. Because <laughs> he shot the cat, he'd have been in trouble.
4: Mm-hmm. All right. Did you know, And again, over in Florida, another story here. Uh, a Florida lawyer who represented George Zimmerman was arrested. Uh, he works uh, for the defense group and was arrested Monday on Monday on charges of solicitation to commit perjury and witness tampering. So we're going to follow that case and see how that goes. Yeah. And the only reason they mention it because he was the attorney for George Zimmerman, of course. Mm. All right. So let's go back to California. Going back to talked talk to Major Williams. Man, Major Williams, I tell you, you know, ran for governor for California. You know, this guy's getting some momentum. He's going to. You're gonna be, I think you're somebody to watch down the road, Major Williams, seriously. Uh, so, you know, what do you, you know, give us some insight on on this recall election with Gavin Newsom?
6: Well, at this point right now, of course, the, the morale is low from a lot of Californians who put in so much work. And just to clarify, this wasn't a Republican recall, this was a bona fide uh, California recall in regards to they cross all party lines, in regards to everyone being frustrated with this current governor. Um, Over two million people signed the petition to recall this governor. Uh, However, it turned out, you know, the governor ended up winning this particular, um, you know, the recall election, so he remains the governor. But 2020 is right around the corner. And for me, at this point, I'm still in the exploratory mode, uh, exploratory phase, uh, trying to assess if it's conducive for me to actually run again Um, because I don't want to be a perennial runner running all the time. I want to make sure that there is a real actual chance of uh, competing with someone like Governor Gavin Newsom in a gubernatorial statewide election. But more importantly for me, I created the Office of Major Williams, which is going to allow me to stay politically engaged and support potentially the next Republican uh, candidate that has the ability to carry the voice, carry the torch and hopefully ignite more than Republican voters for a huge 2020 election that's coming up. And so I just don't know if that'd be me at this point, but I will I do know that I'm going to be uh, very active in that space and making sure we change the culture of leadership here in California for the good of our state.
4: Now look, playing, you know, chess. I, lo- I love playing chess. Would it would have been better for a lot of candidates to step back and then support one other candidate to go against the uh Governor Newsom there, you know, to you know throw their votes toward, you know, just one candidate, you know, it would well, better I think come
6: out. The interesting dynamic, uh, because a recall is a lot different than a regular recall, which is why I try to educate and explain to many people. The reason why I would prefer a thousand candidates is because you have a thousand people championing for the same goal. The ultimate goal is to get people to say yes to recall the governor. That as- once that aspect happens, it's on the individual candidate to be the best messenger, to be the best advocate of solutions. Uh, and plans uh, forward for our state uh, to win that seat, you know, moving forward, uh, because singular individuals don't have enough leverage as conservatives in California to galvanize that much vo- that many votes. Because we know the statistics tells us that no conservative can win in California with only Republican votes. And so I looked at it a little differently from a chess perspective as well. I wanted more candidates to be in the race because they were championed for people to say yes which was the most important element of the recall election.
4: So are you saying maybe, you know, having more uh, Democrats in the race, you know, taking votes away from Governor Newsom would have given the Republicans? No. A,
6: a, no? More conservatives. More conservatives. More, more conservatives, more candidates, independents, because they're all, they're, their messaging is to tell anyone. But, aren't you, that's but aren't, far-
4: you, aren't you watering down the votes when you do that?
6: It, you Potentially you are. You potentially are, but if you are a great messenger. Um, and what I was able to do over the last 16 months is galvanize more than Republican votes. Um, it's been said I'm one of the fastest-rising political candidates in California's most recent history, not because of anything special, just because I resonate uh, with a broader audience than just conservatives. You know, I used to be a lifelong uh, Democrat by default. I've only been a conservative. Republican for four and a half years, but my relatability is not on me telling you about about talking points and spouting out uh, you know statistics. It's about my story and also my journey, which broadly is more relatable than the typical candidates that you have running for these offices every single time there is an election. So I was something that was new, something galvanizing, and something fresh that a lot of people wanted to uh, to get behind and support, and they did. All right, and then and tell us about your lawsuit. Well, the lawsuit at this point has been dismissed. as something that we put behind us. Uh, I mean, anytime that you are in um, a public space or a public figure, whether you're an entertainer, you have an athlete, and in, in the public sector, you don't please everybody. And sometimes people take things and they run with it, and you can react in a certain way. And, you know, we acted reacted with the lawsuit, and we've chosen to move on past that. We have so much positivity around us right now. We felt like that was something that was negative, that was kind of like a negative pull and so we're trying to clear the space in regards to how we approach things, and we're better for it. And so we, we just, you know, for us, it was something that happened. Uh, this happens a lot from what I hear in politics, uh, but the, the landscape changed in regards to where our focus was. And I'm focused on changing the state. I'm focused on connecting with voters and people who really want to bring about change. But if I allow myself to be drawn and taking in these negative spaces and focusing on that and giving it light and attention, or even talking about it here in the interview, then it kind of allows that to uh to continue to fester and allows it to win so I from a chess move eliminated that because we found so many other methods and opportunities to address those situations but also allows us to move forward in a positive light
4: okay all right and then and you you have any thoughts on you know this movie set shooting um and as far as like gun safety or anything like that since you know a lot of movies come out of California. <laughs>
6: I know, I mean, for us to be one of the most restrictive places and someone like himself, as far as Alec Baldwin, uh, being so anti-gun, to have that kind of mishap, and we're just waiting for the, you know, the statement comes out, he's gonna blame it 100% on someone else or blame it on the gun, you know? Mm. I've seen times even teaching my my 11-year-old son to shoot You know, guns are not bad. You know, guns or it's a tool, it's something that can be used for your protection. You know, guns do not kill people. People kill people with guns, uh, especially when it comes to bad people. They will always have access to those particular guns. Uh, But once more, uh, this is the land of, um, you know, hypocrites, uh, meaning, you know, politics and also in Hollywood. And this is just another example of someone within that industry that's so, you know, anti-gun, but all of a sudden, does so much with guns and so-called visuals of violence with these films that they are promoting uh and, and showing visually to our kids so it's it's it's, it's hypocrisy uh to the fullest well, more more
4: hypocrisy um Alec Baldwin is facing backlash from a 2017 tweet questioning how it must feel to wrongfully kill someone he actually tweeted mm-hmm. this back in 2017 and now look at you know what he's facing right now so it's it's Man, it's it's amazing how things come around, you know, threefold. Well, I
6: will say karma is real. You know, how how will we slice it? We all try hopefully to be good human beings. We all have past, we all say certain things, but how you move forward is your choice and your decision. Uh, who he has been here lately and as, as far as the stance that he's taking, uh, maybe this is a bit of karma, you know, coming back on him in regards to some of the sentiments that he shared via tweet versus what's happening right now but I haven't heard actually an official statement from him but I kind of predict that it's going to be bad gone bad gun, bad gone versus I take full responsibility uh, and I didn't understand gun safety which is what we're missing uh across the entire state
4: yeah there was a it was a tweet you know off of a, something that he posted in reference to a video showing the Huntington beach officer Bailey shooting a suspect outside of 711. And then his, you know, his comment was, "I wonder how it must feel to wrongfully kill someone." Yeah. And that was back mm-hmm. on S- September twenty second, two thousand seventeen. He did that tweet.
6: Well, at, at this point right now, I believe that anyone that's in front of him can, you know, rightfully ask him that question as well. You know, that's what he's dealing with right now because uh, that young woman had a promise in life. She had a family. She had loved ones who really appreciated her art and what she was the value that she added to the film into other people's lives, and now she's not here because of a mishap in gun safety. I remember talking to a good friend of mine by the name of Maj Touré. He's a huge advocate for uh, gun safety, and I believe that you bring individuals like that into the Hollywood spaces and on these sets so people can truly understand the significance of gun safety and protecting everyone in those particular spaces so we don't have these type of scenarios that transpire because they're fatal when you make those type of mistakes and we see what's happening right now, which is a travesty. That's right.
4: Man, I tell you what, thank you, Major Williams, and uh, former candidate for governor of California there. Gonna definitely keep our eye on you and watch what you do down the road, because we need to see you in office for sure.
6: Hey man, thank you guys so much for having me. I appreciate
4: you. Absolutely. Thank you for coming on the show. All right, we come back from the break, gonna talk about men, retired Oakland, I'm sorry, Oakland police captain, wounded one other killed during a gas station gun battle. This is Michael Cargill, and you are listening to Come and Talk It.
5: This is Coley on Noir, and you're listening to Come and Talk It with Michael Cargill.
3: Talk 1370, the right choice.
2: Welcome back to Come and Talk It. And now, here's Michael Cargill.
4: Since we're in California, we're going to stay there a little while longer here. A retired Oakland police captain, Ursa Joyner, was wounded and another person died in a gun battle during an attempted robbery at an Oakland gas station. And we got the video. Take a look at this video here. Check this out. So, apparently they tried to rob this guy. He didn't know he was you know, carrying his firearm on him. And he had to go to town to defend himself. And he ended up getting shot as well and wounded, ended up going to the hospital. Uh, so hope everything comes out with him. Uh, Jorner underwent surgery at Highland Hospital and was in the intensive care unit. Um, uh, this And this hit the community really hard because he was, you know, this he was a really super nice guy and really cared about his community. And somehow they just picked the wrong person at the gas station getting gas that day. And, you know, just... Wrong place, wrong time. You know, they picked the wrong person and, you know, they got dealt with. That's when Joyner pulled his gun and opened fire, hitting and killing one of the suspects and injuring another. And video at the gas station, you know, shows that two of the suspect robbers returned fire and injured Joyner on the video. And the dead man's companions tried briefly to drag him to their car and then give up and drive away in a black sedan. All right. So and crazy got to always be prepared you always got to and he had his head on a swivel too cuz he turned he was you know turn around he was looking you know he you know heard a noise and he looked to his right there and you know he was definitely aware of his surroundings and things happened really quick you know that's 3 on 1 you know how proficient are you with your firearm you know can you draw your firearm from your concealed carry position to stop a threat you know got to ask yourself those questions got to practice got to go to the range can't be about it got to do it <laughs> All right, so I want to talk about a veteran, a veteran who disarms a robber. Man, this, this, this Marine, Marine veteran disarms his robber, and the situation had, you know, he, he dealt with that situation real quick. Man, this guy, he didn't think, he didn't blink. He walked in, had a firearm. Man, he reached for it, bam, hit this guy, and he went to town. So this uh, millions around the world have now watched the Marine veteran from Yuma jump into action. James Kilser single-handedly stopped an armed robbery at a Yuma gas station early Wednesday morning, and the video has exploded online with a vast majority of viewers applauding his bravery and quick thinking. Absolutely. Um, and, you know, got to ask yourself, you know, do you want to stand there and watch something like that happen, or do you want to get in and get involved? You, know, you have to ask yourself that personally. There's some things you have to deal with. You can either get involved or you can be a good witness. You choose. You, you better just- be quick. He got it real quick. Cause,
0: yeah. <laughs> yeah. If you're going to snatch the gun out of somebody's hands, you better be quick.
4: <laughs> and and grab hold of it tight mm-hmm. so that, you know, it's not, so it doesn't fire. Yeah. <laughs> All right. He said, I was just getting ready to turn around to leave, and I heard the door swinging open in an aggressive fashion, and it kind of had my, he said he kind of had his spidey senses tingling a little bit. He kind of senses, man, something's not right. you get that, that strange feeling. Most people would, would have froze and ran when seeing a gun at eye level. Uh, but he he responded, he responded quick. All right. So let's go to, man, North Austin. Let's come on back to Texas. North Austin business owner to, uh, was told by police to gather his own evidence. Check that out, Zach.
0: Oh, yeah, they <laughs> don't uh, come and respond to calls anymore. <laughs>
4: Yeah, that's where we are today. You know what? Oh, you were robbed. Oh, someone broke into your place. Well, you know, you just you, you, you take some pictures, you know, do the fingerprints if you want to, submit them, whatever. Hi, Austin
5: awesome, Mayor Steve Adler.
4: You got a minute. <laughs> uh, and, yeah, we'll get back to you. All right. So after multiple thefts and burglaries, and a North Austin business owner learned how severe the police staffing shortage is and how vital community support is doing this time. Uh, And so he's he's learning, and we're all learning. This is a learning curve, let me tell you. So these guys, you know, b- broke into his business, caused a lot of damage, and you know, he end up trying to call nine one one. He directed him to call three one one instead. You know, oh nine one one, no, 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 this is not an emergency. They're already gone. All right. Well, no, no need. Uh, call 3 uh, one And I tell people, you know, look, they broke into a gun store, you know, made an attempt to break into a gun store here in Austin. And and, and there were, you know, no, no investigators came out. They didn't take any fingerprints, didn't, you know, do any, you know, an investigation, you know, at the business at all. You know, so if they don't care about a gun store. What do you think they care about your business or your home, or your vehicle or anything like that? You know, that's just where we are. And that's it. That's since last year. Not that That's not just this year. That was last year, 2020. So it's been like this for a while, over a year now. So it is what it is. um, Unfortunately, uh, we have to step up. You know, if you you own a business, you're going to have to step up to the plate and, you know, do monitoring, maybe get a security guard, maybe have someone, you know, uh, a person, hire a person to watch your cameras at night, uh, to see anyone coming through the parking lot, to be on alert, you know, to try to, you know, call 911 while they're there on the scene, you know. When you see something suspicious that's actually happened, and, you know, rather than calling after the fact, after they're already gone, the alarm has already gone off. Because by that time, you know, once they gain entry, they're only going to spend like a minute, a minute and a half or max two minutes inside the business, you know, getting what they're going to get. So that's just where we are today. Uh, APD confirmed that they are investigating that suspect, you know, and so I don't know how, how much of an investigation that they're doing there. Uh, Probably not much, no resources. There's an election that's going on, Zach. Yeah. Early
0: voting is happening right now. Prop A, Prop B. Yeah,
4: yeah, yeah, that's
0: right. And I voted already. I voted on day two. I think they have something like record low turnout. What record is- low
4: turnouts, that's right. So when you don't, if you're worried about crying, you know, don't complain if you didn't go vote. If you're concerned about it and you're, you're concerned about the slow police response, you know, don't complain.
0: Is and that the solution to crime or is the solution to crime everybody getting a gun?
4: I think everybody should get a gun.
0: Mm-hmm. Hey, that's the solution.
4: Yeah, I'm like, I'm just going to get a banner. Shoot him. <laughs> just, just,
0: just if they're in the commission of what?
4: Uh, Committing aggravated kidnapping, murder, sexual assault, aggravated sexual assault, robbery, aggravated robbery. Uh, If they're committing burglary, doesn't matter if it's daytime or nighttime, (laughs) robbery, aggravated robbery, daytime or nighttime, theft only at night, only at night for theft, and criminal mischief only at night.
0: Okay, so this guy that broke into the store and stole all this lingerie. Burglary and theft. So he could have been shot.
4: Daytime or nighttime, good to go. Boom. That's right. Yeah, and call the corner. <laughs> they have a seven-digit number. Call a hearse,
0: not an ambulance. Right?
4: That's right. That's right. You call them, and they'll you know they'll be there in a couple of hours. There's no need. Hey, tell them to take their time. You're you're <laughs> cooking some. You're 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 keying up the coffee. And you have the coffee ready for them when they arrive. <laughs> <laughs> so that's what you do. That's like a lead situation. Uh, uh, um, you know and that's where we're we're coming to today. Unfortunately. <laughs> You know that's where it is, but you need to come to class and learn those laws. Learn when you can use use of force, and daily force. When can legally legally pull that gun out and actually, you know, defend yourself, protect your property, and all that good kind of stuff. Because there's a difference between a daytime and nighttime, in, in a lot of circumstances. Uh, there's a difference, you know. You know, in, if someone's you know jumps into your vehicle or something like that during a daytime versus at night, if someone's taking something off your property, you know, or creeping around the property at nighttime, it's it it, it depends. It just depends. Depends. There's a lot of value, uh, variables that are in there. So you need to come to class and, and ask those questions. Ask, those, ask your instructor those hard questions You know about what about this situation? What about this situation? You know, We're not attorneys. We can't give you legal advice, but we can tell you, give an idea of actually what the law really says.
0: Yeah, so that uh, Prop A and B vote, the Travis County clerk reported that 0.79% of registered voters voted on the first day of voting. <laughs>
4: So for the whole week is we're at four. We're not even at five percent for the whole week. <laughs> wow.
0: And when is it over? The 28th, right?
4: Friday. Friday early voting ends on Friday, and election day is that following Tuesday. <laughs> and and man, everyone's gonna, they're gonna run and try to do it on Tuesday. You know, when that's crazy. I, I try to get in an early voting, and no one's ever the lines are not long at all. You know, doing early voting, get in, get out. Man, I mean, I actually went in. I got my list of things, and I checked off. I read the the different propositions and everything, the statewide stuff, and all those the city stuff. I read it. And I decided what I was going to do, and I walked in. And I was in and out in a matter of seconds. <laughs> you know, and, and so you know, I, I would suggest to you that you can download it on, online from your county, uh, your election. You know, in in the, in the county where you are, and then you know that way you educate yourself on what. Things are actually on the ballast. I suggest you do that. All right, And then, um, man, when it comes to gun safety, you know, we, we talked about, you know, I've talked about, you know, Alec Baldwin and this shooting. And, you know, it's everyone's responsibility when it comes to safety. I cannot stress that enough. Uh, you know, firearms come into, for example, like I said earlier, the gun store. You know, we have to check those guns and make sure they're unloaded because we do get loaded guns with a round in the chamber in the gun store that gets shipped to us. You're not supposed to ship ammunition with firearms, but it does happen. People do it all the we People have food. They have ammunition, all kinds of things that they include in the box with the gun. You'd be surprised. Not just, you know, not just a gun. So you have to check that stuff and make sure because I truly believe from the bottom of my heart you know, I think that you know, I think all everyone, all couples, where you're gay, straight, whatever. I think they should be able to protect their mar- marijuana plants uh, with guns they purchase with Bitcoin. As always, more guns equals less crime. You go out there and you buy yourself a gun. You were listening to come and talk it with Michael Cargill.